This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling at Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging at Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound. Jada Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Oh, unbelievable oh, oh, save by Jake Allen. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores. And now here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, Blues fans. Welcome to the Thursday morning edition of Blues NHL Podcast, your Blues fan podcast brought to you by the Innovative Companies, uh, the great umbrella of the construction team there that can take care of all your needs. You guys uh, heard from Randy and Stephanie on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, fully licensed, bonded, insured, 35-plus years experience. He's a second-generation craftsman. The construction arm can handle your new projects, new construction, of course. They specialize in project planning and consulting. They do residential, commercial, and industrial. Design builds, land development, new home construction. Uh, great people over there. They take their, their stuff really serious. And you guys should give them an opportunity for your business. Again, I can't wait to have Randy back in studio. He's a big fan, loves the blues, and uh, just like we all do, give him an opportunity. Again, that's innovativecompanies.com to learn more about the Innovated team. Well, let me welcome in my cohort in crime here, Mr. Darren Kimball. What's going on, bud? Nothing, Chrome. What's up today, bud? It's going to be a little quiet around here today. No thank Jamie. Thank God. Thank God. Sometimes he just gets on your nerves, doesn't he? Well, he likes to give me a little shit, but that's okay. <laughs> it's worse when you kind of pile on with him. Thanks, by the way. Yeah. But that's okay. I know. Well, I, I got to deflect it over to you because he'll, he'll sit there and start going on me. I know. He likes to give you as much trouble as he does <laughs> me. Um, no Jamie today, but for all you listeners out there that are like, oh, I like to hear Jamie, and he always has great takes, of course, as we know he does. Um he was kind enough to carve out about 20 minutes yesterday to call in and talk a little bit about uh, the the loss the other night to Tampa, which, you know, I think we kind of – I think as Blues fans, we looked at that one as kind of walking into a gunfight with a knife. We're, we're pretty banged up right now. Um, I personally didn't think we played bad. I thought uh, their goaltender stole a game for him, which sometimes you got to do. Um, Jamie gave his thoughts on that. Obviously, we have some injuries. Uh, injuries lead to lots of speculation, whether it be who steps up, who plays what role, possible trades. And then, obviously, we had some of the uh, innovative Twitter questions <clears throat> from Innovated Electric that Jamie took on when he uh, did that. So you're going to be hearing that in a little while. But uh, <clears throat> Darren and I will take a look back at the Tampa Bay game and then a look ahead, obviously, as, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping, and I don't know if anybody ever knows for sure, but, you know, hopefully Petro's injury isn't, you know, of the long variety. So we'll get him back, but it's not going to be tonight. So we'll have to look at that and uh, and just kind of see where we go from there. We've got a couple of tough matchups here coming to town. A couple of teams that if you're hurt, 
Um, I'm not quite sure they're great matchups for you physically. So we'll see what happens. But, again, we'll talk to Darren about that. Uh, before we do, we want to remind everybody to check us out at bluesnhlpodcast.com. That's where you can subscribe to the show. It's completely free. Uh, it'll be ready to go on your mobile device at your convenience by simply subscribing. All you do is click subscribe to the podcast. Very simple to do. Um, you can listen to the current shows, back episodes, anything you'd like to do at bluesnhlpodcast.com. You can also do your Christmas shopping there through Amazon. You just click the Amazon banner down to the right. We get a very small referral for you doing so. doesn't cost you anything extra. Uh, helps us with our production costs around here. And know this, we would greatly appreciate it. Special thanks to all of our fans and their, uh, their following us in the social media world. Uh, at STL Blues Podcast and at NHL Show is where you'll find us on Twitter. Uh, we love the conversations and, the, and the, the comments that come from there, especially the loyal Blues fans that are so passionate and, and love to get engaged. Please do so. We're happy to engage with you on Twitter. Facebook, uh, that's our big ask from you. Simply go to Facebook, type in Blues NHL Podcast, like our Facebook page. Uh, then that's where the real challenge starts. If you guys would simply click invite your friends and invite all your friends that are Blues fans, that would help us out immensely. As We're trying to grow our Facebook page. It's, a, it's not an easy thing to do, and, and that one requires some help from you, the fans. Find us on Instagram as well by simply typing in Blues NHL Podcast. Special thanks again to all the people at lineupmedia.fm. They're the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Uh, big things coming. Yo Radio is a new thing coming from the group there, uh, You know, a streaming app that you guys will be able to listen to some unbelievable music stations, different genres, different, different things that you're going to find very enjoyable. I, I trust you. It is coming. and um, It's up and running right now, but it will be promoted here real soon once all the bugs are out. Um, I want to thank all of our social media partners as well. We've got some great ones that have done nothing but help us grow the show. I'd like to thank uh, the gentleman over with Everything STL Sports. He does a great job of, of sharing content uh, throughout town here. He's a big supporter of the show. Thank you so much. Art City Sports, Jamie's friend Mick Light, um, you know, they've come on board, and since they have, the, the numbers just continue to climb. So thank you, Mick. We greatly appreciate it. St. Louis Blues hockey memes, of course. Uh, you would have to know that, that, that he's going to support us. He does a great job, and uh, we actually got a little special treat from him today as well. St. Louis Blues Fans Unite is another of the great Facebook pages. Thank you to all for your continued support. Jamie gave us a little taste yesterday of his thoughts on the game Wednesday night, or Tuesday night, I'm sorry, Darren. Um, let's go on the, bunch with, on the bench with Butter right now and get your thoughts. Obviously, we went into that, like I said, a little shorthanded. Um, you know, I know as a player – you guys don't ever use as an as an excuse, you know. Can you not be realistic about it though? I, I think it depends who you are too uh, in the lineup and uh, where where you're sitting at. You know that it's you know the old saying is it's next man up. They always this new phrase that everyone goes with, but and it's true. Someone gets hurt, so you need someone to come and fill in. So uh, I think we talked about this uh, the last show that we were on Chrome's. We said you know we said. Some of these injuries are going to come up. Now you got to find out how good your depth is. These guys that they got sitting down in the minors are going to come up, and I, I, I believe the, the it was a, it was a setup trap for Tampa Bay and how they were going to respond. And, and I, I think the Blues played well. They played well. They they had lots of opportunities. Um, they 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 ran into some hot goaltending. Um, so for for them to play as well as they did, knowing that their captain was out, knowing Schwartz is out, and Bo Meester's gone out, you know that. They, they, they. I thought they held themselves pretty well. I thought the young kids come up and, and did what they were supposed to do. They you know to fill in, and you know you're playing the number one team in the league too. Remember, so, to, uh, and, and when the number one team in the league has to have a goaltender stand on his head for them to win the game, plus you, you know, Tarasenko, he's uh, he's battling it right now. He's uh, he's getting the opportunities, and which is good. They're not going in just yet, but then they will. Um, 
yeah, the one guy is about to miss the wide open net. It's just shit just wasn't going the right way for him. So it was a hot goaltender, uh, as in this league, will always happen. If you get in and run into a hot goalie, it, I don't care if you got a full lineup in, it's, it's hard to beat. Well, uh, uh, Jamie would appreciate you just even trying to pronounce the goaltender's name no, from Tampa, but we, the reality of it is you know, he stole one for him. Yes. I mean, we talk about it all the time. I know fans do, and, you know, Jake at times catches hell from fans if they see a soft goal or something, but the reality of it is, you know, I think what, when you start putting a team together and you start looking at if your chances are realistic to win a Stanley Cup, because at the end of the day that's really the goal, right, the ultimate goal. I know from a business standpoint, it's always to make the playoffs, but from a team standpoint, it's always to win a Stanley Cup. This ownership group is committed, I would say, uh, more than committed to doing so. I think you have to start at goaltending and ask yourself, do we have the goaltender that can steal games? And do we have one that can steal a series? And do we have one that can carry us? They've got a good one. I mean, he's awful good. Yeah, but but you know what? You, you're the guy that the Blues got on the other end yeah. is, is just as down. He stole the series for Minnesota yeah. from me last year. Yeah. You know, he's proven, proven that he could do it. I don't care. I, I was listening to a guy um, on, on TV. I think Boucher, Ryan Boucher is his name. Uh, he, he's an ex-goaltender, and, and he was talking, and he was saying about how Allen was has struggled last year. And I thought he played well. Christ, I we, you know we talked about it all year, Chromes, and then he gets to the playoffs and he he uh, steals the series against Minnesota for you. So, you know, I think he's comfortable where he's at right now. The, the Blues have, have got the goaltending to go. I, I think here's here's the problem that I, I'm seeing with him. You get a Petro that goes out, well, you can't replace that. You just can't. It's not. Yeah, you can't just dip down yeah. to the minors and replace no. that guy. You're, you're, so you're taking a number, you're taking your best defenseman out and you're bringing a guy up that's 7 8 in your organization. So you're not replacing that. So it's hard to gauge that system. Then Swartz is playing on the top two lines. You don't got a guy in your system that's going to come up and play and, and take those minutes. It just doesn't, you don't have it. And, and you can't go trade for a guy like Schwartz no. right now. I mean, are you going to get a guy like that? I mean, yeah, that's, you know. That's the, that's the latest thing going on. So Schwartz goes out, and we don't know how long he's going to be out for. And um, people are talking, you know, you got to go do this. Well, how do you, what are you going to do when that happens? You're going to go sell the farm to find a guy that, you know, that's going to come back probably six, seven weeks down the road. Um, that's This isn't the time to do that. You know, and I'm, I'm sure Army, Army's going to sit there, and he's going to go through the process. He's looking... I think this is a good time for him to see what they got throughout the organization, see what the depth is, where they're at. They know they got a lot of good young kids, but just because a guy gets hurt, you're not going to go out and find it. You're not going to go trade for a number one defenseman right now. You got Petro. He's coming back. Swartz, coming back. Bo Meester is probably a four, three, four defenseman, maybe five. I don't know where he's at, but he's coming back. So um, I think the Blues, what I look at, they're going to need another defenseman, though. They're going to have to find themselves another top four defenseman to play if they want to prolong their uh, Stanley Cup drive, and I think they even got to maybe, maybe they got to find themselves another top six forward. I, I think they're going to have to find, try to find one of each. I don't think they're ready to roll just yet. That's my well, own opinion, though. And and you know, and and we and I touched on some of this with Jamie yesterday, so I'm glad I'm getting your thoughts before we go and hear his. You know, the truth is though, the only reason I will say this, I mean, obviously, I, I want to get your take on the guys that obviously have to step up. You know, obviously, some of those are guys that you know, you haven't counted on to this point. But the reality of it is trades are a part of the NHL. The only reason that I say, that I agree with you, that I say this may be not be as typical is only because I think before this happened, you still felt like you needed a top six forward. Yeah. We talked a little bit about how Saboka was playing in a top six role, mm-hmm. but if you moved him down to the third line, that strengthened your team. The problem was who would you replace him with, right? Yep, so, so in all essence, if you went out and got a guy – 
even though Schwartz comes back, you always have that flexibility. I think it would make you better. So I think it is more realistic. Mm-hmm. What I don't find realistic is when – I mean, I'll give you the example, and, and here I'll just throw it out there because I mentioned it to Jamie yesterday. Everybody's like, well, the Blues should be calling you know, calling about a Vander Kane. Well, Vander Kane makes $6 million a year. Yeah. I don't – the Blues don't have $6 million. I'm not quite sure – I mean, I know you can always like mess around, but I mean, would Buffalo be interested in taking back who? I mean, that well, makes money for us. I don't. Here's a, uh, they that, gonna take Jabo. Yeah, but here's what's going to go on in that situation. If you're going to go get an Evander Kane, uh, I'm I'm positive the Buffaloes they don't want none of these guys are the veterans running. Well, that's my point. They want to dig into the minors, but in order to make the deal done, Army's going to say, "Here, I'll make you a deal." And I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just giving you an example. Uh, you give me Kane, and I'm going to give you one of my young good players. And we'll we'll trade him up. But you're taking this guy's contract on because I need you to get rid of it so I can bring that contract into this place. So that opens up that friendly environment where I can swap these salaries out. So you take a defenseman that probably Gunnarsson's is sitting there with whatever three or four million bucks. Take him away from me. I, I can take that Kane contract on now. That's what, but yeah. you're going to lose a young player. I see what you're saying. They could you know? do that, I guess. So that that and that's the process they're going to have to go through. But it would have to be Gunnarsson or Bowmeister. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll tell you what, there, there's some more. Uh, Mister Bertuzzo, he's, he's he's really starting to piss me off with what's going on. He and, doesn't uh, make enough money though. Nah, he doesn't. But Jesus, God, do your job. Just do your job. And um, I, I was really impressed with him when we first got him, and it's just steadily. Went down he's, he's a good five or six defenseman, uh, and he can play that. But there's a role you're playing, man. You yeah. play your role, and and if I got to see my, not my, if I got to see the Blues top line. Tarasenko's and these guys, uh, uh, Shen. Shen throwing their damn gloves off much longer. I'm tell you what, I I know the league's gone. Uh, I know the league's gone sort of in the chicken shit routine here, but I don't think we need to uh, see this nonsense going on. I think there's got to be some guys with some kahunas that can stand up and say, "Hey, I'm getting lots of ice time. I can do that." And, and even if I'm a player sitting there, I'll tell you, Crones, if I was a player sitting there and that pre- presented itself to me, I'm smart enough to understand. Brownie points are there. Go get the goddamn guy because my coach is going to even like me more. Just do it for that sake. If you if you you should be doing it for your own sake, uh, you should be doing it for your team's sake. But if you if you got none of that in you, just go do it because you want to be a kiss ass and say, hey, the coach is going to like me because I'm going to go do that. That'll work for you. But do something. And someone needs to you know if you're not going to uh, if you're not going to dress your tough guy, uh, someone's got to stand up because shit shit arises. You know, and, and that's what's happened here lately. And I and I don't like that. I, I think that's. It it really won. I really start to wonder how the the group is doing a hole in the dressing room. Are they tight? Are they are they going in different directions? Is there you know what what what's the feeling of the dressing room? Is what I'd be curious about. Uh, I'll here's here's uh, let's ask an insightful question from a fan's point of view about this exact topic because let's face it, the reality of it is there's two guys in this room, and there's a whole bunch of people listening, and I don't know if any former players are listening, but. The reality of it is, you're the only one that's been in a locker room. Um, in instances like that, is, is I mean, I guess how do I put this? Does Braden Shen or does anybody say, "Hey, you know, how much longer do I got to keep doing this?" I mean, does it happen like that, or is it more subtle? No, it's not. It's not gonna. You're not gonna have the guy that's actually been in the altercation. Like Braden Shen can't do it. I, um, is it the captain? Yeah, I think the captain probably needs to speak at that point. You know, especially when when Tarasenko goes, there probably should have been a guideline laid out right there, and that should have been just said. That that shit does not happen ever again. And but now you got Shen, who's you know been your top goal scorer. Why is he doing this? And, and there was there was there Bertuzzo was sitting there. He was it was just fine. I was talking to a guy, and he goes, he was just a half a second late again, wasn't he? And I go and I started laughing. I just go, come on, this is. 
you know, be, just be smart about it, man. And just if you if you don't even want to fight, just go grab the guy and throw him down and get him out of the sh- out of the way. Because watch what happened in Columbus the other night. You, they take the Dubinsky, their top player, one of their top players, gets in a fight with uh, uh, Cassins or whatever the um, the guy from Edmonton, their tough guy, and gets hurt. And I'm I'm when I watch it on the highlights, I'm going, Torch, you, you got to be smarter than that. Like, why did you let that guy go? Like, send someone else. Why would you let your captain? But that, and he gets hurt. He, something happened to his eye. I don't know how long he's going to be out. And that's just stupid. Well, and that's the thing. We uh, the fan perspective is like we loved Tarasenko fighting, right? We mm-hmm. loved him, but it's not smart. Not smart. You know, it's one of those deals that when it happens, as long as he's okay when it's over, it's like, man, that was awesome, right? Yep. But the fact is. What happened to him is absolutely very possible, and you know a fight is a dangerous situation all the way around. See, I mean, the easiest thing to do, very simply, is break your hand. I mean, that's and understand you know. the understand the game of hockey, Chrome's. It's and, and it probably goes on in football. So, so there, you're brought up to compete. You're brought up for from a young kid. Uh, if you're running to the light pole down the street, you, you always you're always in a competitive spirit and. These guys that are not, they're not supposed to be fighting or whatever, but they, they're they competitive. They want to win at everything they do. So now they get into a situation, they look around, well, the NHL's gone this way. They, there's no more tough guys around to do this kind of job when a guy starts picking on someone. So they take it upon themselves to enter themselves into that, and then they get hurt. And that's why the Blues fans, I, I understand, God, it was great what Tarasenko did, and everyone liked it, but I'm... As soon as he dropped the gloves, I'm going. Just don't break your hand, man, because because that, that you go out, you're gonna. And I'm guarantee you, the owner's box was just about ready to jump out of there and take one for the team. But you just don't do. And that's what. But people are competitive. And when Tarasenko's playing the game, I'm just using him for an example, or or Shen playing the game. Growing up, there was always someone there, and especially in Shen's case, because he come through the the ranks from Saskatchewan and up up through the ranks, he would have seen that there would have been someone there to take care of that. Well, now it's not really there anymore. And the guy like Bertuzzo that was on the ice. He should be smart enough to go get that and make sure my guy's not going to get hurt because the team could obviously do better with out Bertuzzo than they can without Shen, right? Well, so, but but Shen's got that competitiveness. Well, in. that's a hard reality. You knew that when you played. That's, Why is it so hard? It I mean, fans act like there's something wrong with that, but yeah. you knew that when you played. I of mean, course you did. And but that's that's and that's why I said I wonder what the dressing room's like. I wonder is there a tightness in the dressing room? I, I'd be curious because you know back in the day. And it was it's a different type of hockey game now than it was back when we played. But back in the day, you you would give your left arm to, to help out your partner. That's that's the way it was, and that's the way we played the game. And and it wasn't just the tough guys. Uh, you know, if someone was in trouble, you wouldn't help the man out, and that's just the way it was. And you know, I'd, I'd be curious to see. I, I think the game's changed a lot, but uh, are, are guys going different directions? Is there five guys going this way, four going that way? Three? Is, is that the way the game is now? I don't know. So. Um, Jamie would probably be closer to that situation than I am, and I'd be curious that the answer to that question. Yeah, it's something that's on the minds of Blues fans all the time, I know, only because of the f- simple fact that we look at it and we say, you know, I, again, I go back to the Tarasenko thing. I mean, you know, there is, and rightfully so, I get it. It was exciting. The social media was just crazy with it. And when you guys came in here and said, yeah, but not really smart, some people were like, oh, come on, man, it was awesome. It was, you know, he doesn't need- but I always tell people, and this is, was my answer to some of the people that kind of contacted us and said, you know, I don't understand why, you know, they, they want guys to, to step up and be tough, but then they do it and then they say, and I said, well, here's the only thing I can tell you. Okay, so I, I watched it just like everybody else. And when it was over and it, he was fine, you know, you were so excited when it was happening, and then when it was over, you kind of felt like, I hope he's okay and he's okay, you're like this. I said, now, now rewind. 
and he just changed the outcome slightly. He goes to the penalty box, he puts some ice on his hand, he goes to the dressing room, he doesn't come back out. Now how do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. Now how do you feel about it? I guarantee you're not sitting there going, that was awesome, he stood up for himself. Now you're on the other end of the spectrum going, why is he doing that? Because the outcome kind of changes our narrative when something <laughs> happens, right? And, and, and let, me g- let me give you an example, Chromes. Uh, and this is, people might understand this, but... Uh, back in the old days, remember when Rocky used to have the Rocky fights? Oh, uh, yeah. Or the Rockies? Uh, and he'd went into the uh, locker room with the meat and that, and he pounded the yeah. shit out of the meat and that, and his hands were bleeding and knuckles well, How can are, you forget that? But, so, <laughs> but when that process went on, what, what, the process why he was doing that wasn't a – he was building scar tissue up. That, that, that's, the, that's someone's mindset. That's what was going on and why he was doing it. He was doing that to toughen his knuckles up, toughen his hands up, his wrists up, and everything. And – when you fight, and I fought a lot of times, and you can look at my hands, I got scar tissue through them out. So, I, and I got my, and I know I'm going to fight. If I'm going to fight, I have my hands, my wrists are taped to just to be preventive. Like your goal scorers aren't doing that all the time. So if they're going to enter into that, I know what I'm going to be into. I know my my hands are, have have hit helmets before. I'll guarantee you, Tarasenko doesn't go out and fight all the time. Whereas Helms, you know, so he's he's at a vulnerable stage in his life where he's going to sit there and, and you're going to lose him. But I've done that. I've been hit in the head. I got scar tissues around, around your eye. You got stuff like that. The gun. You've been hit. You can take punches. Braden, Shen, these guys don't do that. And then all of a sudden, boom, that happened. I'm not saying they're they're weak or anything. I'm just saying they don't do that on a regular basis. And if you're hitting, you're fighting all the time. You're adapted to it. You know what's going on. You're in the situation. Your hands can take the punishment because they've taken it. There's scar tissue built up. There's all that kind of stuff's going on. And all of a sudden, you let a, a goal scorer do that. You know, it's it's they're not they're not used to that. And all of a sudden. They're, and I'm not saying they're frail, but it's just their, their body's not meant for that. They're meant for something else, and that's that's what you hope they're doing for you instead of the other stuff. Yeah, we're on the bench with Butter right now, and we want to remind you to give uh, Butter an opportunity for your tax business. Tax Resolution by TommyBrown.com. Uh, proactive tax planning is his specialty these days, but if you find yourself in a situation where you need some help with the IRS, he's also a great guy to know. He's uh, above board. Um you know, just a big help, has been there, done that type thing. So if you find yourself in some problems with the IRS, uh, Tommy Brown is a great guy to know, a great guy to have on your side. But proactive tax planning is where he's at. If you're, you find yourself self-employed or you own a business, there's a, a lot of ways to spend your money to grow your business rather than just give it away. So uh, you might want to give him an opportunity. Tax resolution by TommyBrown.com. And, of course, if you just need your taxes done, he'll help you with that. But, again, proactive tax planning is, is his specialty. Uh, as we continue on the bench with Butter here, um, I want to go uh, uh, back to you, Darren, on just uh, just a couple things here before we go to Jamie. Moving forward, um, you know, obviously we looked at the game against Tampa, and like I said, I mean, I think most fans went into it pretty realistically. It, you know, it's a battle of two of the best teams in the league. You hate moral victories, but you kind of walked out of there going, you know, we just ran into a hot goaltender. I didn't think we played that bad. Boy, it sure looks like you know, the, the guy stepped up and we can weather this storm. Now, the reality of it is they have to weather the storm. I mean, there's nobody going to feel sorry for him, right? Yeah, that's right? But the truth of the matter is, one thing I've noticed over the years of just being a fan is that that first game, there's a lot of like, okay, we got to step up. And then one game turns into two and two, and it gets a little tougher because the farther you get removed from the initial, we all got to step, it just, it just naturally is harder. You, you take the top couple of players off any team, and it's going to severely affect them and how they do. A um, couple of the guys that are going to be counted on to step up here, obviously, um, you know, we've talked about the progression of Edmondson as a defenseman. Colton Pareko and his maturity level, they're going to get really tested now. I mean, they're being looked at to carry the water now, not just be that secondary piece. <clears throat> 
while it may not be the most ideal situation, is this a positive for them when it comes to growth? That like they, it's almost like, you know, getting a taste of being the guy. I mean, does it help? Because they did well. I thought they played really well the other night. Yeah, but and when you're going down this road too, Chrome's, uh, I've lived it in, when we were when I was in Albany, we were doing this, and uh, New Jersey had guys getting hurt, and so our our players are getting called up left and right, and we're playing the games with 13 players at one point in time, but. And it was good because Robbie Fatorik, who was our coach, he said, you know, this is good for you because you get to play more ice time now. So, And that's what his philosophy was. You, you know, you get to show what you can do now. And it's easy because when we were doing it, we were winning hockey games. If you're winning hockey games, it's a big difference because uh, if you're losing, then all things, things start to go, well, it's me that's causing this. And <laughs> so, you know, why, why is this happening now? All of a sudden we're starting to lose. So if you keep, if you keep winning and you keep doing well, the the positive the everything starts is, is going good in the dressing room the players that are coming in think well good this is good but because if it's not people start pulling a little harder on the rope and they're trying to trying to do more than they can actually do and you're already out of your step because someone's trying to fill in all these minutes of Petros out of there and which Swartz has done and Bowmeister so people are trying to fill the minutes and then all of a sudden you're not winning and now you're still you're trying to do more than you actually do and you start. You start trying to do someone else's job, and, and then in the blues system, if they start doing someone else's job, things start to fall apart because it's a pretty, pretty. The systems that they play are, are pretty run down to detail. So, if you start doing someone else's job, it leaves holes open in your own game. So, the only thing is, if if you're winning, it it, it makes it a lot easier because confidence starts to build from within. They say, well, okay, these guys are out, and we're still winning, so we're a really good hockey team. So we can keep going, but if you start to lose, then the media starts getting involved, and they say, "Well, you know, they're not. They don't have this guy. They don't." So that starts entering into your mind, and you're going, "Well, what's going to happen when they come back? You know, do do we start making changes? Uh, does the army start holding the shoot on some of these guys?" So winning helps solve a lot of problems because if the negative stuff starts to drive into the into the team, it starts creating wedges amongst everybody, and, and you don't want that. You know, you look at. Uh the you know we the term stepping up and you look at the team across the whole one of the things we talk about sometimes when they bring a young guy up is you, know, you bring a young guy up sometimes and throw him on the third or fourth line if he's an offensive skill set are you really doing him any favors so in this particular instance do you think there's an opportunity here for the blues to dip into the farm system a little bit and give a guy a chance see how he does maybe like a like a like a Clostin, maybe a a a, a Tom a Kyrou well, these guys some of these guys are going to the World Juniors right now aren't they yeah I mean but so. you know doesn't it matter more what's going on here I mean I'm yeah. just asking I don't, well it I don't does know. matter here but I'm just saying he's gonna once he goes there they're gonna they're gonna dig into someone else's pot they're not gonna worry about him right now they're gonna, they've committed to let him go to the junior team right. so yeah well I know. mean they've tried Samuel Blay they didn't yeah you know obviously there's but something about his game he, they, yeah he's up and down so they're not really he hasn't the, the spot that he needs to fill and I guess he's not uh in, in Schwartz's category where he could fill that I don't know is it is it on the you know does a guy from the third line got to step up and fill that spot because you're bringing the guy up from the minors to that can't make your team right now for different reasons, but is he the guy that's going to go and step into that spot? That that doesn't happen very often. You're usually the team that's in the National Hockey League. The talent-wise is normally on a, on a basis is going to be better than what what you have in the minors. That, that's why they're that's why the difference is that the minors to the pros. You know, so you're not going to go get you're not <clears throat> if you have a superstar. I'll surely the hell tell you he's sitting not sitting in the minors. He had already been up here, so. There's a reason why he's down in the minors, whether it be young, he wants to learn the game or whatever it is, but he's just not capable of playing at the NHL on a steady basis. So, you know, you're trying to grab, you're, you're shooting for a, you're hoping, you're hoping on that point to put a guy into a top six, uh, especially over for a longevity part of time. 
if that goes on, you, usually you have a third liner that'll be sitting there, a guy that's um, like a prawn in the past. If he was sitting down in the third line for a while, there yeah, he, he would be a good. He would be a good sure. guy to walk into that spot. But you don't have that on the. You're not so, sort of right there. You don't have that guy that's going to step into Swartz's spot. I don't believe on the team right now. So well, a finding a guy at that level is a whole other <clears throat> question. Yeah, but that's I mean, what I'm saying. How are you yeah. going to fill that spot? That's the guy that's out. So yeah, I just I don't know. I guess for me, I, like I said, we sit here as fans and we think about all this stuff, and then you you know, in one breath you say. Well, it's really hard. Like if you brought up a, you know, I don't, I don't know who, you know, whoever it would be. You know, you bring them up and you give them an opportunity, and they play on the third line or the fourth line, and you're like, you know, you kind of felt that way a little bit um, with, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name now. The guy that we had forever that everybody talked, all he did was score goals in the minors, but never did anything up here. What was his name? Little guy, right-handed guy. Shit, um, I'll think of it. But you know, he was he was our prospect forever. Was going to be a goal scorer. It's trying to drive me nuts now that I can't remember his name. We lived with him forever and just cut him this last year. Cut him loose. Um, anyway, anyway, it's it, it it doesn't matter. But you know, you kind of felt that way with that guy. Every time he come up, he played on the fourth line or the third line, and it's like you know, his whole life, this guy's played on a top line, played with guys that could get him the puck, guys that could skate. You know, but that's, so, that's but that. like I said, in this instance, I'm just looking at it going. You know, didn't we trade Ryan Rees for this guy that was supposed to be all world? He can't come up here and play <clears throat> that's not, play that, a few games and see how he's doing. That's that's not what it is though. It's, I, I, I'm telling you, the guy that's sitting there playing in the National Hockey League on your top six are are better than what you got in the minors. It's it's not even close. It's not even comparable. They're they're not there. And there's a reason why you're playing in the National Hockey League. And the guys that are sitting on the third line. There's a reason why they're there, and they're capable, and they're they're better than what you got down there, or the guy would be up here already. So there's, there's a process that you got to go through. And when you get called up, Chromes, to the fourth line, and you're playing on the fourth line, you're still going to play nowadays. They, the Blues, they, they play their fourth line enough. You have time to show yourself. You know, you might not be able to, because you play the power play in the minor, but you have to show what you can do to this hockey team. And it's such a tight window. When you come up, you either get it, and hopefully things go your way, and then you're able to stay, or... You go back down, and then you wait for your next opportunity, and that that's that's pro sports, and that's just not hockey. That's anything, man. So I guess the the big example here would be is in your opinion and in your statement, you know, whether fans like him or not, Yashkin's better than what we have in the minors right exactly. now. Exactly, and that's and that's the truth. And I think some fans would be like, really? Because yep. I mean, you know, he he's a whooping boy. At this point, he at this point, you can put his skills or his or whatever. Is is Costin and these guys in the minors going to be better eventually? I, I I'm well, not going to so. say I'm, you're wanting them to be. That's what the goal is, but right now they're not. They're not, and that's just a fact. Or they would be here. Costin Costin wouldn't be sitting in the goddamn where San Antonio is he right now if he was better than goddamn Yaskin. You know, if Army and them thought that Costin could come up here and we could play in these certain minutes that Yaskin's doing and whatever, but they would have him here already. He would be here, and he's not here. So yeah, right now he's not ready for that part yet. Interesting, because like I said, I you know I, I think all fans really over, not I hate to use this term because it's going to sound like they overvalue their prospects. Now the reality of it is some of them might be worth the overvalue, maybe just not right now. I guess is the thing. And when you look at our team, when you say, man, we really need some help, isn't that what our minor system is for? And it's like, well, you know, maybe we just don't have that guy that's on the cusp. You know, again, injuries play a role in this. Yeah. You know. This is where, to be completely honest with you, Fabry's injury hurts. Like right now, you're thinking about Schwartz, you're thinking about yeah. Petra, but the reality of it is, it started with Fabry. Perfect, perfect right? Example. Because of your depth, right? Yeah. And then a guy that I still say, and I brought it up, and I and I and I promised I was going to ask Jamie, and I didn't. The guy that I still wonder n- gets no airtime whatsoever, but you wonder how much his injury affects us from a depth 
And what did they really think of it was Zach Sanford. Like, where is he? What's going yeah. on with him? That was another guy because you've got to believe he was better than Sunquist. Yeah. But right? You, but, but go through the process of these guys that are sitting here. So you got all these guys that are playing juniors that are supposed to be these up-and-coming superstars for the Blues. They're uh, 18, 19-year-old kids playing against 18, 19-year-old kids. Cost, they go to the minors. We come up to the minors. Now let's, we'll jump a level to the minors. We're playing in the minors. Costin's playing in the minors. He was a superstar in juniors. He's up in the minors. It's a, it's a step above the junior hockey leagues. You're playing against guys that are probably the 25 to 28-year range. Some guys have played in the National Hockey League. It's better hockey. These guys are trying to get to the same spot he's getting to. It's harder. He's not blowing the damn doors off down there. He's not, he's not lighting it up like crazy down there. And then, so now you're going to go from that level, and now we got to jump to the National Hockey League. So now we got a bigger jump to go to that process. It's just not going to, you just don't grab a guy, Chromes, and we throw him in this spot. Does it work out uh, sometimes? Yeah, sometimes it might be just perfect, but sometimes, more than not, over a long period of time, that kid cannot come up here and do it. It's just not going to happen. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's, take, uh, let's take a moment and let's hear from Jamie. As like I said, I talked to him yesterday. Um, covered a lot of the same things you and I just covered. Let's get Jamie's opinion, as everybody appreciates it. And don't forget, uh, and he's going to talk a little bit about why he's out of town with his with his uh, amateur report, St. Louis amateur report. Don't forget that uh, Synergy Hockey and, and, and our friends at Nelson Land Services uh, bring you that segment each and every week. And Jamie will tell you a little bit about Synergy Hockey when he's on there. But, of course, you can learn more about uh, Nelson Land Services by simply going to nelsonlandservices.com. They're a five-star locally rated landscaping company. They do professional landscaping at reasonable costs. Uh, they are the landscaping experts. 636-244-5651. Friends of the show, friends of, uh, of Darren's and Jamie's. Their kids are involved in the, the hockey scene here in St. Louis, and they've done a lot of great work for a lot of great people. Give them an opportunity for your business. That's nelsonlandservices.com. Let's hear from Jamie. He'll tell you a little bit about Synergy Hockey after he... After you, uh, you hear the interview I did with him yesterday where, like I said, he covers some of the same things Darren did, and let's get his take. Well, we're going to invite in Jamie Rivers here as he's uh, been kind and gracious enough to join us the day before he heads out on the road with his kids. As you guys uh, know, each and every week, Jamie uh, is, is part of the show, but more importantly, his youth segment is something big here in town, and when he's got to head out of town with kids, he's got to head out of town with kids. So, that being said... Let's bring him on a day early, get some thoughts, and we can discuss them here on the show. Uh, Mr. Rivers, how are you? Good, buddy. How you doing? Well, I appreciate you doing this. I know you sent me the text this morning that uh, you guys are going to have to leave early tomorrow for Detroit and won't be able to be in studio, so you're going to leave me all alone with Kimby. And as we're listening to this, he's my guess is by tomorrow he's going to be looking at me and laughing and saying, you don't want to be alone with me or what? So um, <laughs> that being said, thank you for doing this and taking time. I know today you fit this in between meeting after meeting about meetings so let's dive right into what's probably on blues fans minds and that is um let's start with the actual game against tampa bay uh, i i'm not 100 percent sure what blues fans expect when you go into a game that shorthanded i know a player a guy like yourself a coach says hey next man up so um while you kind of feel like you might be going to a gunfight with a knife at the end of the day uh we're gonna have to overcome these injuries your thoughts on the game and how the blues handled it well, you know, realistically, I thought they had a pretty good game. Um, you know, they tested Vasilevsky quite a bit. Uh, he made some spectacular saves to keep his team in the game. And then, obviously, uh, you know, Vladdy Saboka misses an open net, which, look, that stuff kind of happens throughout the course of a season. But, unfortunately, that would have tied the game at 1-1, and then, you know, realistically from there, you're like, where could it go? You know, it could have went either way at that point. And so 
So I think playing against arguably the number one team in the NHL with a ton of talent like they have and, and depth and goaltending, I thought it was a pretty good showing by the Blues, you know, considering they're missing some of their main guys. Uh, you know, I thought they filled the voids adequately, and it's one game. You know, we'll see how, how things line up here as they, they get ready for Anaheim and, and Winnipeg on a back-to-back, and we'll probably have more of a feel of how this impacts the Blues a week from now, more than just one game. You know, uh, obviously, everybody, when Schwartz yeah. went down, we were encouraged initially when it came back. I guess he maybe had some x-rays right there, and they came back negative. They were feeling good. We'll reevaluate him. We come back home. He's out six weeks. So then you get the, uh well, then, Bo, then, then, then Petra doesn't play. And let's face it, he, you know, he's our captain, and he's, he's had an f- unbelievable start to the season. You know, he goes down, and you're like, ugh. And then you find out Bo Meester's out of the lineup. You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know that we can rank the three. It's probably irrelevant at this juncture. But how does a team overcome this? I mean, this isn't like one guy being out. And we already we're down fa- Fabry. So, you know, how do you, how do you deal with this? Uh, yeah, I mean, look at those are big pieces of the puzzle for sure. Uh, you got a couple of defensemen who uh, you have number one defenseman and your captain out, and you know a guy that we've talked about is Norris Trophy. Uh, he's in the discussions at least for Norris Trophy this year. Uh, you have Jay Bowmeister, who whether people love him or don't like him or whatnot, he still plays a ton of minutes. And I personally feel like he's an effective defenseman. I think that he brings good minutes to the table, and I think that he had been looking pretty good leading up to this little uh, injury, uh, the speed bump for him. And then certainly you talk about Schwartzy. He's another guy that uh, could be in the running for some league awards, but the injuries kind of slowed him down. Uh, So, Really, it's when we talk about next man up, I mean, it really is. It just is what it is. I mean, if this was the Stanley Cup playoffs, guess what? We just have to figure it out. Somebody would have to step up and play good, and and or a group of guys will have to make sure that they play solid to fill the void. So it sucks. Uh, I can honestly say that we should just be happy that it's now in the middle of the season and not in the last quarter of the season or right near playoffs. You know, if we're going to have injuries, let's get them out of the way now and go through our adversity and hopefully come all, you know come out of this thing on the backside a much stronger, better team. Yeah, um, obviously we're aware of the timetable on Schwartz. I think the others are a little skeptical. You care to share anything on those, or is this kind of a tight lip thing right now? Well, you know, obviously everybody's pretty tight-lipped. The Bowmeister injury, uh, I really haven't heard much about it. Don't know how serious it is. Uh, hoping it's not. I do know that it's uh, it's been said that it's not the same injury as he's had before, so that's a good thing. Uh, with Petro, uh, you know, I can't say exactly what it is, but I do know that it probably has something to do with shot blocking along the same <laughs> lines as, as Mr. Schwartz. I think that he may have received a shot in the foot area and probably needed to take a couple of days to get off that and possibly maybe wear a boot on his foot so that uh, he doesn't put pressure on that area. But again, this is all speculation. So um, we'll see. I think those guys uh, will be back sooner than later. I don't think we're looking at long-term with with those two defensemen. And obviously Schwartz, we know by now it is what it is. It's six weeks and we go from there. 
to me, the biggest loss right now, as much as people may may agree or may not agree, I think the biggest loss is Petro. You know, he occupies the most ice time. He's the leader. He's had one hell of a hockey season. And, you know, when you lose a guy, we talked about this early in the season, when you lose a guy that plays that much in so many situations, that really hits you in the gut. You know, that's the one you can feel. So I'd like to see him getting back on the ice here. And we may see him get back on the ice tomorrow to test out his foot. But I think, you know, we're looking at him probably for next week. You know, there's lots of different ways teams deal with injuries, um, obviously. I mean, you know, being a former player like yourself, and, I mean, you've, heck, you've done just about everything in the game of hockey from s- scouting to running a team to helping guys learn systems, things of that nature. I, I fully expect you and, and your attitude towards it to be, hey, it's next man up and nobody's going to feel sorry for you. That being said, Car, or, you know, the, the, the word on the street already was that we were looking for a top six forward. Um, now, obviously, the speculation is going to increase, um, you know, with, with, with all this happening. Um, you know, do you see that changing? I mean, does Petrangelo going down change that? Then maybe we shift focus. Do we need another defenseman? I, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you see happening? Evander Kane's names come out again. There's some other ones. But, you know, again, and I think you mentioned it, does this, does this put us in a bad spot for trades because now people know we need to do something so we overpay? We're not in a spot really to overpay. How does it work out? Yeah, well, you know, you're right. We're in a we're in a spot where uh, you're going into any kind of trade talks right now in a vulnerable position because everybody knows you've got injuries to some key guys, and so uh, you know, as far as uh, getting another defenseman and looking at that stuff, I don't think we're we're ready for that yet. Um, and even on the trade front for forwards, like. You know, there hasn't been enough time yet to really, I guess, assess the situation or to create a verdict to where, oh, yes, we definitely need to fill these voids, or no, we don't. Um, you know, Swartzy's only been out a couple of games, and Petro's been out a uh, short time, and Bo Meester yesterday. So, you know, it, for me, it's still way early in the game. And then, you know, if Doug Armstrong, like we talked about, is out there and he's doing his due diligence – Like, he's already had talks with people. If he's going to be looking for a top six forward, like, that discussion started before the injuries happened. And, you know, quite honestly, I know it's rumored that there's been talk of Evander Kane, but Evander Kane, his name has been bounced around with any team that's looking to add a guy. And, you know, I've never played with the guy, uh, but the initial report on him is that, People want to keep him at arm's length from their organization. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to be the guy here to sit here and badmouth another player. But my my take on it, what I'm told, is that that's a guy that you know, doesn't necessarily mesh well with your locker room, doesn't necessarily put the team first. And I just can't see a guy like Doug Armstrong with everything that they've built here and the camaraderie and, and all that stuff. I can't see a guy like Evander Kane coming in here First of all, just to come in here, period. Second of all, to come in and be some kind of savior. I, I just don't see that. So if there's another top six forward out there that's available that can contribute and be a good part of this team, with or without Schwartz in the lineup, like we said before, I think Army will add that player. But we'll have to see. I still don't think they're in that much dire need of making any adjustments. 
Well, I think the one thing we can't forget either is Evander Kane makes $6 million a year. Yeah, that's a big price tag for a guy who's <laughs> underachieved his entire career, quite honestly. Do we even have $6 million in cap space? I don't think we do. No, we don't. We're, we're, uh, I believe we're like at $3 million. Uh, of cap space uh you know st louis is a smaller market team however uh you know tom stillman and his group and and doug armstrong they've done a great job of committing to the city and being a cap team because i tell you what that's a big commitment to be a cap team and in the nhl when your pockets may not be as deep as some of the major players as far as ownership goes that's a big commitment so you know st louis fans should remember that well again i you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, looking at your team and going, hey, we might need some help here. We might need to do this. I get it. But, you know, again, trades aren't as easy as they used to be. Uh, there's no doubt about that. You just don't see them. They just don't pop up, especially during the season very often. And when you need, when, you know, when you have a big need now, again, I'm not so sure. You hate to look at this thing this way, but, you know, without knowing for sure what's going on with, with our captain and, you know, let's face it. I, you know, hopefully Bowmeister's injury isn't serious, but he's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, it's going to be time for some of these young guys to step up. Um, what do you see going forward here as we uh, as we try to weather this storm? Well, you know, on the defensive side, you see a guy like Vince Dunn. Uh, you know, this kid has been playing solid all year. I think that he's going to certainly get an upgrade on minutes played. You see Colton Pareko, who's eaten up a ton of minutes on the blue line now in Petrangelo's absence. So uh, you got another kid, uh, the Schmaltz kid, <clears throat> excuse me, who's coming in, and he's going to get an opportunity to, to play and, and show what he can do. And it's up to all those guys on the back end to pick up the slack. Uh, you know, I think they're all real good, effective defensemen. They went for quite a long period of time without Bo Meester in the lineup and did very well. And, you know, now they've got them both out of the lineup, which, which sucks, but, you know, it's not like they have nobody back there that can play. So, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's relying on your depth and just making sure that the, these minutes get spread out over the 6D and not just trying to uh, force feed extra minutes onto a guy just because you need to find somebody to go out there question i've never i you know we've this is a fan question for me how about that um sure you know i've always thought the refereeing in the nhl was suspect at best right i've seen it noticed it you know i've never seen so many former players and guys in the media i mean it is something constant in social media now is that just a product of social media or is it really as bad as we think it is well I think it's a combination of things. You know, social media makes easy access to voice your opinion. And, you know, emotions run high. And if you're in the heat of the moment, you think it's a bad call, you haven't seen multiple replays, this, that, the other, or you've seen replays and the referee missed something, social media lets you go right on immediately and, you know, comment something to the effect of you don't like it. And... So that way there, you know, that generates momentum in a way of, well, the officiating sucks or it's terrible or I don't agree with it. Um, but you got to remember, and, and people surrounding the sport of hockey and fans and everybody, it is the fastest moving team sport out there. And so 
so much happens so fast, and the players are only getting faster. The, the game is just at, at an all-time high for speed. And when you, if you blink, like, you miss stuff. And so these referees, as much as we want to give them crap and, and get on them and whatnot, I mean, the NHL tried their best. They put four guys on the ice instead of three. Like, can you imagine having a three-man system now, like when I played? Like, you'd miss so much. Like, the people would be going nuts just because the speed of the game is so, is so high. Uh, so yeah, I, I look at the refereeing. Both teams got to play with the same refs on the ice. Uh, I think that they do a pretty good job overall. There's some things that certainly they miss, but shit, there's some things that they miss that when you slow it down and super slow mo is the only time you catch it. And even then, it's not a hundred percent definitive that it's a call or a goal or anything like that. So look at uh, the world of sports has referees, and everybody's always going to be critical of them if it doesn't work out their way. Uh, I appreciate you taking your time today. Do you have a little bit of time to take a couple questions that have already come in for the, for the show? Sure. Okay, great. Um, let's start with uh, the nag, at Wood underscore Tugwell. Hey, fellas, so if Seattle gets the expansion team, that would make nine teams in the Pacific, and the Central would have seven. How would they even that up, and what team would be moved uh, moved to our division? Any thoughts? Uh, well, I think that you'd probably look at, you know, Arizona or even Colorado. Colorado was the one get that, moved yeah. over. You know, I think that that's what you'd be looking at to to slide over. Um, you know, I don't I don't think you would end up with. The mismatch in numbers like that, nine and seven, I think you'd end up where they'd spread it out to be eight and eight uh, so that it makes sense. And you know, right now I, I see Colorado as the one that, to me, uh, geographically would make the most sense. So you know, that, that to me would be the one that, uh, that would jump off the page. Great question, and I'm in agreement. I think it's Colorado. Not that my agreement does anything for you. In fact, it probably infuriates you that you and I are on the same page. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Busking, at Mark uh, Busking, maybe, um, St. Louis Podcast. I'm not impressed with number 20's numbers on the year. A top six forward should have more than three goals and 13 to six and a minus two. Is there something I'm missing? Well, you know, Mr. Steen comes under fire a lot. I mean, him and, and Mr. Stasny are, you know, I don't want to call them lightning rods, but people like to to go right after their stats and judge them that way, which I get it. I mean, it's a stats-driven industry for sure. However, there's a lot of stats now that fall in the analytics category that don't show up just right away as the headliner stats and those guys do a lot of really great stuff on the ice and i know that they should have you know mr steen should have maybe more than three goals and and all this stuff and i'm not disagreeing with that at all i think it would be great to see him have a 20 goal season i think the blues need him to have that kind of a season however he does fill a lot of voids out there he does a lot of things right and you know jim we've had this conversation before he does a lot of little things that you don't even notice that would take probably a a game or two to sit down with somebody and have them pause the game and rewind it and show you all the little intangibles that he brings to the table in order to make that team successful so uh, i'm not going to defend him because his goals and assists are those are hard stats and uh it is what it is but there's a lot of stuff that to the naked eye you don't see that are part of the analytics that 
would make you a bigger fan of him. All right, last question for Mr. Rivers as he's been kind enough to join us uh, on his uh, normal off day. Not that you're ever off. I mean, I know you probably got like 80 things going on. Um, uh, every blue I can get, Tim Dulcet-Cox. Um, I believe this is a, a guy that runs one of the Facebook pages that we're a part of. So thank you for all your uh, continued support for us. Uh, even though they can't hit the net tonight, is there anything to be said about how fast they are when 19 isn't playing? Maybe it's just me. Love the show. You guys rock. Yeah, I don't know if I get that one, really. Um, you know, your speed up the ice is one thing, but if people don't realize that Jay Bowmeister, believe it or not, he, he's probably in the upper half of straightaway speed on that Blues team. And I know people would disagree with me, but if you lined him up on the blue line and raced, you know, blue line to blue line or goal line to goal line, he's going to be in your top half of that team on speed. Um, so I don't, I mean, I don't really know what to say about that because the D are supposed to move the puck and, you know, the transition game itself generates speed. So, uh, and I don't see him as being the slowest defenseman that they have. So, um, you know, once again, I, I, I can't really agree with the comment. Uh, it's free to his opinion for sure, and that's what makes the game great and makes our fans awesome, but I'd have to disagree that he slows the game down. Okay, great one. Um, uh, that'll do it for the questions portion of this. Last thing before you go, um, I want to ask you opinion. I mean, I think it's pretty noticeable. It's, there's a big deal being made of it on a lot of talk shows and things like that. I'd say it's pretty apparent Vladdy's frustrated. Um, it's, I mean, it's, uh, you don't even have to read about it or hear about it. I think you can see it. Uh, I, all goal scorers go through this at some juncture, don't they? The puck just won't go in for them? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's those hard stats again, right? They're the ones that everybody looks at, and they say, oh, well, he hasn't scored, or he's only got one goal, or one goal with, without the, the net empty and, and all this stuff. And so it gets hard, and these guys expect a lot out of themselves. You know, we went over this, what, last show or the show before or Monday, I think, and we talked about – you know, these guys are more demanding of themselves than, than even we can be of them. And so is he frustrated? Yeah. You know, this is a guy that got to be and is one of the best players in the world. And so he expects, he has a certain level of expectation for himself, uh, never mind what anybody else thinks. So, yeah, is he frustrated? Guaranteed he is. You know, I know he's working hard. I know he's you know doing extra. He's getting on the ice. He's working on things. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before, you know, Vladdy bursts out and has a two or three goal game or has a five game period where he has, you know, eight, nine, ten goals. So I'm not worried about him. I'd, I'd like to see him shoot the puck a little quicker, but I like that he is shooting the puck towards the net and he's, you know, he's still taking those attempts. When guys start looking to do other things except shoot the puck, that's when you got to worry about him. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Coach Henson, I believe, mentioned on the Monday show that uh, he felt like Brett Hall was talking to Vladdy in an interview the other day when he said, you know, when I played, I, you know, I had this innate ability to not miss the net when I shot. I mean, I scored a lot of goals because I hit the net. So <laughs> I think Coach Henson, you know, the coach in him felt like maybe Brett was talking to Vladdy a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure he's probably talking to a lot of guys. Well, that's probably um, true, too. At that point. You know, there's a lot of guys that have a ton of attempts and, and that shots on net. But really, you, uh, for me, I, I, I just want to see Vladdy attempting to shoot the puck as much as he can because percentages tell me that 
he is going to hit the net, and then when he hits the net a certain amount of times, he is going to score because he's got a rocket. So I just don't want him to lose that shoot-first mentality. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I you know, I, there's one thing we know for sure is that guys that are pure goal scorers, if they just keep shooting, they're going to start going in. I, again, I mean, we've seen other guys go through this. I mean, even the best ones sometimes it doesn't go in. But um, great stuff, Jamie. Uh, again, we've been on the bench with Butter with you, and our special thanks to, to Tommy Brown and his tax resolution specialist uh, services. But, uh, but also each and every week and, and your youth report, you guys are heading to Detroit um, you know, the Motor City, a, a town that Blues fans love to hate. Uh, as the youth portion of this, what do you got going on up there this weekend? Uh, it's a uh, Tier 1 AAA showcase. The uh, 2003 AAA Blues are headed up there to play four games over the weekend. So should be fun. Uh, boys are looking forward to it. It's always good to go back to some old stomping grounds um, and to probably see a lot of people that I know and uh, probably have a few cold ones talking about some of the good old days and, and certainly uh, having a good time with the family uh, while cheering on the young guys. Well, that's uh, great stuff. And, of course, uh, part of our youth segment, as usual, is brought to you by Synergy Hockey. If you want to tell our listeners uh, where they can find out more and anything that you got coming up you want to share with them. Yeah, uh, number one thing coming up, we've talked about it quite a bit here lately, is the holiday camps. Um, one in Merrimack, one at Pacific, and one at the Mills where the Blues practice. So get online, uh, synergyhockeyskills.com. Go to holiday camps and, and get your player signed up quickly. I know that some of the spots are running out pretty fast at Merrimack in the ice zone, so time to get on there and, and get signed up. Well, hey, thanks. Like I said, I know it was a uh, you know I, it was a uh, busy time for you today, getting things in order before you head out of town. But you know, to your credit, you're the one that said, "Hey, listen, I can't come in tomorrow, but you know, I'd like to do something that way I don't miss." So you know, again, you're very appreciated around here. You know that the the listeners love your takes and and appreciate your honesty and how uh, how just uh, how much of a fan you are, just like us. Even though you, uh, you 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 seem to know a little bit more than the rest of us, so that 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 always that's always a nice thing to have going for yourself. <laughs> but um, <laughs> hey, but great stuff is always from you, and I wish you luck in Detroit this weekend. And uh, I guess our uh, listeners can plan on hearing from you on Monday's edition. All right, guys. Thank you very much for having me. That is Jamie Rivers. And again, we thank him as always. Uh, he's so gracious with his time. Obviously, a big part of the show is he's a co-host, but, you know, uh, calling in on the Mondays like he does for the for the Monday edition. And then, you know, I've always said when I first started it with these guys like Darren and Jamie, I told them, you know, I know you guys do all this other stuff. If you ever have to miss, you have to miss. So I anticipated there being Thursdays because they both told me they'd come up where they just wouldn't be here. And you know, for both of these guys to be like, hey, listen, I'm happy to call in a day early and give my thoughts, and then you guys can talk about them. It, it means a lot to, to me, I know, and I know it means a lot to you as listeners. So that's a special thanks again to Jamie Rivers. Really good stuff there. And like I said, you heard, you know, you, you heard he addressed some of the same things you did, Darren, and obviously, you know, you guys are on the same page a lot when it comes to typically the stuff that you would expect a guy that's been in the locker room but on the ice. Uh, Don't forget that uh, you also heard Jamie do our uh, Twitter questions for the show, brought to you by our friends at Innovated Electric, just another one of the innovative companies underneath the umbrella. Make sure you give them an opportunity for your business over at Innovated Electric. They handle new construction panel changes. They'll do your full-service upgrades. They replace fixtures and devices. Exterior and interior lighting, energy management systems, a lot of people are focusing on that these days as they look to – Uh, find more uh, solutions for their energy systems. 
Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. 35-plus years experience. He's a second-generation craftsman and an all-around great dude. That is my friend Randy Green and yours. Give him an opportunity. InnovatedCompanies.com. Um, I want to uh, move on to the Twitter poll, another one of the Innovated Companies sponsors at Twitter poll. This one was interesting. Obviously, it deals with uh, what we're dealing with currently. Uh, Kimby, I'll ask you the question and get your answer. I'll give mine, and then we'll, we'll reveal the answers here. And, again, special thanks to our friends at Innovative Companies for sponsoring this segment as well. Which injury hurts the most, Darren? Fabry, Schwartz, Bo Meester, or Petrangelo, in your opinion? Um, right, and I, that's the first time I heard the question, too, by the way, because I, I missed the dang thing. But uh, right now, it's I think of a four, it's Petro, just because he's the leader. He Plus, he plays thirty some minutes a game. Um, if I was the, if I was gonna probably even enter into a little bit, I would say Swartz because he scored. You know, he's, he was scoring, got back going here again, and started scoring some goals for us. But the minutes, thirty minutes a game, the man's playing for you. You you, you can't replace that. You just can't. Yeah, there's no way to replace. I mean, and the, well, somebody's gonna step in, and like I said, I not to that extent though. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, you're you're basically putting a lot on the plate. You, you know, you were already putting a lot on the plate of an Edmondson and a, and a Pareko. Yeah. Now what we're, you know, and that was the thing. I, I asked you the question earlier and we were kind of talking a little bit about Pareko and Edmondson, but the truth is I think that everybody in the room, well Jamie's usually here and if it's coach Henson or, or coach Butter, I think everybody in the room feels like if you put more on the plate of a Pareko or Edmondson, they can probably handle it. When you start putting more on the plate of you know, and again, no, nothing wrong with Vince Dunn's game, but man, he's awful young to start adding more to the plate. Um, he's not the style of a Barrett Jackman like when he handled that. It was a different style. And then obviously, you're putting more on the plate of Bortuzzo and Gunnarsson. And and understand though, you're so when when uh, Petro goes out, Dunn is going to get more on the plate because he's got to fill in the minutes that Perico and these guys are getting. Sure. You know, so he's he's coming in from a different angle, but. Uh, it's and that's why when I go down the line and you know you got uh, Gunnarsson and these guys here, well. The, the Blues, that's why I say, I think down the road they're going to have to go get themselves a guy that's played like seven, eight years, a top four, a four defenseman. Like not a top one defenseman, not a top two, to, but a guy that can get in the top four that's been around seven, eight years to make that push And because he can fill in that stuff if something goes wrong. Look at look at Pittsburgh when they won it last year. Their top defenseman goes out, and uh, and they still continued on down the road. Yeah, then, you know, someone had to come in and fill that spot, and... Are the Blues are the could the Blues do it right now for a short period of time? I think they can. You know, even with the the kids they've just brought up, they can Schultz, fill it for yeah. they can fill it for for a period. Can they like if they look what they got coming down their schedule? They got a tough schedule coming up here. Well, this right week now. Is, yeah. a, is a mess. Um, you know, I uh, I I voted for Schwartz only because I felt like um, we had the guys that could step up. And man, I got to tell you, I'm just a little. I, you know, I'm going to say there's just a couple of guys in the top six that just – it just upsets me how hard it is to get them to step up their game. And I'm not going to say it again. I keep saying their names, and you guys keep looking at me like I'm crazy. But but Swartzy stands out right now because yeah, your, your top player, uh, it's not because not of lack of effort or nothing. He's, he just – he's getting the shots, and he, the puck's just not going in the net for him right now. So that's why Swartzy's standing out right now. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It would be different if, if Tarasenko was dogging it or not doing anything. He's doing his job. Yeah. Obviously, Shen's doing his job. I, I got to go back to the other two guys. It just they just disappear. I can't. I they make a lot of money and they and they they both wear letters on their sweater and I just don't understand how they disappear when you need them to step up the money. That's my opinion. I could be completely wrong. You guys know more than me, but that's why I voted for Schwartzy. Schwartzy won this thing going away. Really? Yes. Not even really? close. Sixty six percent. Petrangelo at twenty two percent. Fabry at eleven. Jay Bowmeister at one percent. So yeah. Um, but anyway, great question. Um, 
great uh, participation in the Twitter poll. Uh, we appreciate it greatly, of course. Um, you know, couldn't do this without our friends at Innovated Company. The, uh, the Twitter poll is the heating and cooling arm of the Innovative Companies underneath their umbrella. They also deal with new construction. They do the full replacement with your HVAC systems. Residential and commercial, they handle refrigeration and walk-in coolers, preventative maintenance, sheet metal fabrication, and inspection violations. Again, fully licensed, bonded, and insured, 35-plus years experience, second-generation craftsman. That's the Innovative Companies, innovativecompanies.com. Um, got a special treat here, Darren. Got uh, our friend that does live from Inner Arena on Mondays, Dennis. Um, had an opportunity. We had an interesting uh, <laughs> had an interesting little scenario pop up that you see from time to time. Um, you know, I, well, I think one of the coolest things, and you tell me if I'm crazy, Darren, but one of the coolest things about the NHL is the rule that if something happens to one of your goaltenders, you can sign a guy to a one-day contract. Mm-hmm. So um, we had a local, and it's a lot of times it's somebody that is, lives there, comes to the games. The Blues are usually familiar with those guys because I think they use them for skates and things like that. And they, they, you know, I think they prepare ahead of time. They've always kind of got that going on. But um, a, a, a local gentleman, a uh, young man, Tyler Stewart, uh, got to live out his fantasy the other night. Um, it was interesting. Obviously, when that happens, everybody enjoys it. Um, that ever happened when you were playing? Yeah, we, but it was in the minors. Oh, we were in the minors doing it. And uh, our trainer, he had uh, uh, he would put the pads on when there was no one around, and <laughs> he'd go out and they'd have little games when there was nobody around. But so we had uh, we had one goalie, and we couldn't get another goalie up, and uh, he we dressed him, and uh, so he had to dress for that game. He never played, but he had to dress for that game, and it was uh, it's kind of funny. But that's you know that's what you got to do. You know what? Um, Gosh, I wish I would have thought about this. I might challenge Dennis since he did the interview to go back and research. Has anybody ever had to get in the game? Has it ever happened? I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah, that would be a good question. Hey, if any of our listeners are out there, if you shoot it back, there we go. That's the challenge for our listeners. If you if you know of one of these quote unquote emergency goaltenders, if they've ever gotten in the game, send it back to us. That would be. Didn't it just happen in Minnesota too? Didn't they just go through this? I think two weeks later, didn't they have a goalie they had to pull out somewhere? Yeah, it's interesting. I I want to. But I don't know if anyone's ever played. That'd be that'd be that'd be a curious question. That would be. Can you imagine? Yeah. Because I mean, I don't. It's typical of anything. I think a lot of guys think they can play and think, oh, "Oh, I can do it. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I I don't. (laughs) (laughs) That puck goes whizzing by you. I don't care how much how many pads you got on. There's a whole other level. I'll guarantee you, no guy. I'll guarantee you that goaltender there never seen Perryko shoot the puck as hard as he shoots. I'll guarantee you that (laughs) don't happen. So well, it it is interesting. I I would love to know. Hey, that's our challenge to you, to listeners. Uh, And while you're doing that, take a minute here and let's go live to uh, to Minner Arena for a special Thursday edition with Dennis. Uh, I'm anxious to hear this interview myself. Here he is, uh, Dennis Minner, live from Inner Arena with emergency goaltender for the St. Louis Blues, the young man, Tyler Stewart. Hey, guys, thanks for having me back. This is Dennis Minner, live from Minner Arena. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Minner Arena, M-I-N-N-E-R. Hey, tonight's a little bit different. We're not actually live from Minner Arena, but we are live at the Scott Trade Center, and we have a gentleman that uh, has become pretty famous. So uh, who am I got here? Tyler Stewart. Does everyone know who Tyler Stewart is? He is the most famous goalie right now in St. Louis. So, Tyler, tell everyone, uh, I've got a question. What what were you doing when you got the phone call for uh, for actually going in? Well, I, uh, I just got home from work, and I was letting out the dogs, and uh, they called me, and they said that Hutton's foot was hurt, and I was like, okay, well, I, I better get everybody together and uh, let them know that I'm skating tonight, and I'll be taking warm-ups. So it's just a whirlwind last, especially the last few days. 
so I know you've been bombarded with nonstop interviews, and I'm sure this is probably, you know, the biggest interview you've had, I'm sure, you know, live from an arena. So what's that kind of 15 minutes of fame? What has it been like with just this whirlwind of interviews? Um, it's been fun. I mean, I'm trying to help everyone out because I know they have jobs to do or, you know, they want content, and it's a unusual story to say the least. So I, uh, it's been a fun time. I got to meet a lot of people that I never probably would have met if I was, you know, just average Joe. Well, you're definitely not an average Joe now that you've been able to do that. So uh, one question I have is I noticed you were joking the other day that they gave you a sniper number uh, to where is your goalie number. So how did that get picked out? And I'm assuming you got to keep the uh, keep the jersey? Yeah, so the number I didn't even pick. It was like I walked in. I was like, I'm not going to even look at the number until I have to put it on. And then I, when I saw 98, I laughed. I'm like, that's funny. Like, not even a goalie number, like a sniper's number, like a goal scorer's number. And so, uh, yeah, at the end of the year, they said they're going to wait until the end of the year to give me the jersey because just in case if it happens again, they have it ready. And, uh, you know, so they'll give it to me at the end of the year. They said they'll sign it with the whole team and everything. So that'll be pretty cool. It'll be a nice little token. So that's really cool. So there is an opportunity then that you have an open contract and we could see you back this year. Correct. Uh, every game, like right now, I'm at the game, and if it happens for either team again, then I could be going in tonight, like on the bench, or you know, hopefully not the game because you know I don't I don't want any injuries on anybody. But you know, if it happens, it happens. So how cool is that? So I do have to ask this. Um, so during your practice, I, I actually missed the game, so I didn't get to watch. Um, I, what was it like? I mean, taking those shots, and who who had the hardest shot that you took while you were out there? Um, probably. Dean, because he Tarasenko kind of floated one in, but I've, I've faced Vladdy before, and he's got a pretty good shot, and I would have to guess Pareko, maybe, Steen, so, yeah, it was a good time, though. I mean, they're all, you know, having fun with me and stuff, messing with me, deking me and stuff like that, but it was a good time. So, very cool. Well, hey, well, thanks a lot for uh, talking to us tonight, and uh, can we get a Let's Go Blues? Yeah, Let's Go Blues. All right, we'll see you, man. Pretty neat stuff. That's a, that's a, I mean, you know, it's funny. I hear you mentioned sometimes, Darren, and special thanks again to Dennis Minner and his live, his special live from Minner Arena for Thursday. We always look forward to his Monday, um, his Monday episode. Um, you know, Darren, I, I, the thing that I think, uh, you guys are very down earth guys, obviously. And I think, you know, you guys aren't like, like weren't like uh, all-star game type players, but the reality of it is most hockey players are so down earth, right? It doesn't matter what level you played. I hear you use that term a lot, like, I lived my dream. You know, mm-hmm. I li- it was a dream, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you hear hockey players use that term a lot. I hear you use it a lot. I, I would have to assume this guy lived a dream. Oh, for, for sure. Just uh, to sit there and be a fan and uh, watch what's going on on the other side of the glass and always wonder, uh, you know, what would it, would it be like to, back in the day, like, get an Al McGinnis shot or could I, could I handle a Al McGinnis shot or what, what, what would a guy do if you had a – well, nowadays it would be like, what if Tarasenko was coming down on you and, and it was just taking that shot? And and I'll guarantee you, after the game was over, you could go to the bar and you'd be the biggest guy in, in, in the block at that time. I, can you even imagine? Did he, I, he probably didn't buy a beer that night, did no, he? No, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. And he, and, and he might not buy one for another uh, another month, but <laughs> you know, you're 15 minutes of fame and you run with that damn thing. Did you buy a beer your first year in the league? Uh, uh, no, no, occasionally, not not very often. But I was always hanging out with Holly a little bit too, though, so I didn't have to. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you were with Brett Hall, you didn't pay for much. No, I don't think. no, no. Holly was taking care of things. Yeah, I I, uh, I noticed that. Um, okay, uh, before we go, I'm gonna hit you with uh, real quick. It's a rough week. Oh yes, 
this is not an easy time to be down this many men. Um, I'm going to follow up my statements earlier. When you play the Ducks tonight on a Thursday night, and then you come back Saturday and play Winnipeg, who we know the style of game they play physically, yep. you're going to play them Saturday. Then you're, you're doing a home-and-home with them. Home so then home. you're going to go there Sunday. Do you anticipate a roster-type move here to, uh, to get a couple guys in the lineup? I mean, this is... This, the, the thing here with Anaheim going on, you have... Uh, well, they got some issues themselves. Yeah, but not not as much not, now because yeah. now that they they come back when they were here last time, yeah. you, you you didn't know a damn name in the lineup pretty well. Right. And now, Getzlaff's coming back. They uh, they lost Perry, which is going to hurt right. a little bit, but they got about three guys back, and now they got him. But they've been playing good, so um, this will be the tough. This this will be a different type of game. They they do play physical Anaheim. They're a big team. They do play physical, uh, and you, you know. Your Thorberg is going to have to be in the lineup for these three games because he's going to have to bring a size. You're going to have to. You're going to want your bigger guys in this ball game. They're going to have to come to the game for you because Winnipeg is big. They're big and they play heavy and they're playing well. Their goaltender's playing well for them right now. Um, you're you're just you're going to have to play three solid physical hockey games right coming up and and that wears and tears on you. So the you know you're playing these games you're hopefully come out on the other end of them you're not you're not starting to get guys hurt and you're not going down this run right now because you don't want to go down that because these points are valuable right now winnipeg's right behind you in the standings and right. and nashville sitting there humping at you and and la the things have tightened up here now so you've got yourself in a good position injuries are always part of it everyone goes through it anaheim just went through it all teams go through it so now we see what the blues can do with these teams that they're playing and they're playing teams that they have to beat like these are the top dogs right now and the reality is, like I, I mentioned it earlier, and I know you know you guys have said it before, nobody's going to feel sorry for them. Not a chance. Every team's going to go through some adversity. Um, good luck when you do. The teams that seem to be able to handle the adversity are the ones that sometimes are standing on. You know, the, a lot of times they're the ones standing when it's over. Exactly. So we'll see. Like I said, I, I you know, uh, as a fan, and again, I know you guys are way more realistic than I am. As a fan, I, I don't know how we don't make a trade. Only because, and a realistic trade, not one that's unrealistic. And and again. I get that you know it's not easy to do, but the reality of it is we should have been looking for a top six guy anyway. In my opinion, just in my opinion, uh, you know, you, you're not. I don't think you get anything before Christmas. You don't get nothing until after the, the New Year's goes through here because you're going to go into a they go into a shutdown anyway in a right. certain part that you can't even make a trade. So you're gonna you're gonna get through this and you're gonna be after New Year and then I think that's when uh, Army has to evaluate where they're at. Uh, Yo is gonna have to be there and they're gonna have to see what they got as a team and. Um, you know, it's uh, that, that's when the evaluation comes of what we need to get down to the final uh, to make it to the finals. Well, and like I said, I don't. You know, it's just a fan perspective. I mean, I if you were ever going to do it, I don't know why you wouldn't do it now. I understand the whole well, they know they they need something, they can take advantage of them. I don't buy that as much as anybody. I mean, all you got to do is say no. They're some... just saying, okay, well, look, you think you got us over a barrel? I'll just wait. But I, and again, I don't think for one minute Doug Armstrong's not doing his job. That's not my no, point. He, and he's out there, he's out there looking. You hear the reports that he's been out watching games and that. And there's some teams right now that are the Ottawa Senators are vulnerable right now. You could go plucking one off them Buffalo. These. There's teams out there to be had that got some players that could help you out. So uh, I just don't think it's going to happen until after the uh, the little holidays get over here. Yeah, I'm, Blues fans aren't going to let the name John Tavares go. I'll no. assure you that. Well, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't getting him. So <laughs> yeah. you're going to have to pay him a lot of money next year yeah, if you, you want him. Get him right now. Hey, Blues fans! Thanks for joining us on this Thursday edition. Uh, can't uh, can't thank Jamie Rivers enough for him taking time yesterday to give us that interview, so that you wouldn't miss him this week. Of course, my good friend Darren Kimball for joining us in studio as he always does. Special thanks to Dennis Minner for that special edition with the uh, the young man who got to live his dream as the backup goaltender for the for the St. Louis Blues. You typically hear Dennis here on Mondays, but we thought that'd be a neat thing when he had the opportunity to do it. 
Um, can't uh, can't leave out our social media partners again. Art City Sports with Mick Light does such a great job promoting us. St. Louis Blues hockey memes, of course, you guys are familiar with that one. St. Louis Blues fans unite. Everything STL Sports. Thank you very much to all you guys for your continued support. Follow us on our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter at bluesnhlpodcast.com. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, at stlbluespodcastno.com, at NHL Show. Those are our Twitter handles. Facebook, simply type in Blues NHL Podcast. Click invite your friends. Invite all your friends that are Blues fans. Instagram, Blues NHL Podcast. Lineupmedia.fm. Thank you very much for your continued support. Our producer, Brian Croc, uh, and producer, Andrew Allen, couldn't do the show without you guys. Lineupmedia.fm is where it's at, folks. If you're into podcasting, and we know you are, give them a look. Lots going on with the Cardinals right now. Check out Two Birds on a Bat the St. Louis Cardinals fan podcast featuring former big leaguer, two-time Gold Glove winner and World Series champion Benji Molina, also uh, to a lot of you fans known as brother to Yadier Molina. Um, Great show. Lots going on with the Cardinals right now. You might find that interesting. Uh, The Drop Podcast, he does that all the time. Uh, He does like a recap of every Blues game. That guy's really uh, committed to to trying to share information with you as well. Give him an opportunity. For everybody here at lineupmedia.fm, we wish you guys, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of holiday parties uh, starting up early. Be safe, have fun, and we will see you on Monday. Let's go blue. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.